Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Jimmy and I are doing a little traveling this month and next, uh, October 22nd. Jimmy's going to be at the Jacksonville Public Library in Florida, the Duval Comic and Zine Festival, and he is the guest of honor there, man. Going to give a big talk, selling comics that day. It's going to be a cool, cool event. Uh, Friday, October 28th through Sunday, the 30th of October, Devil's Night is our last day at Baltimore Comic Con. Uh, we created the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel the last time we visited Baltimore Comic Con, so it's a special place in Kayfabe history. Uh, Jimmy and I are going to be set up at the same uh, sort of two tables. Uh, please stop by. Come say hi to us. We just went to CXC, and it was a fantastic uh, experience, and it was a smaller show. So we have big expectations at Baltimore Comic Con, and we can't wait to meet you and see you. Want to see those Kayfabe shirts rocking? Uh, I'm going to be at Tokyo Comic Con. November 25th through the 27th, and I'm going to be out there for about a month from the 12th to December 10th. So if you know of some cool art shows or something going on out there, send us a DM because I, I want the scoop on everything. Don't want to miss out on anything. Uh, Kayfabe-tober prompts this month. We're, 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 as of this recording, about halfway through the month, man. And these are your prompts. We've, we've pinned them to the top of our social media platforms and we are so thrilled with the work that you guys have been doing operating at such a high level the videos are brought to you by the books that we make right now I have Red Room Trigger Warnings and Red Room the Antisocial Network on the stands uh, as we speak Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game each book completely self-contained thank you for supporting the books the way you have been Hulk Grand Design Monster and Madness is going to get that treasury edition format in the beginning of 2023 feast your eyes on this image because this is what you're going to see on the stands and you're going to have to scoop that up in the same format as uh x-men grand design fantastic four grand design except you're going to get some fluorescent ink that's going to buzz your eyeballs off it's street angel deadliest girl alive just got its reprint it's an image comic that collects all the image comics brand street angel comics and now that we're done paying those bills jimmy Let's look at this gift that Drew Friedman presented the comics world, man. Mavericks and Lunatics, Icons of Underground Comics by Drew Friedman with unmistakable hand lettering by my Kubert School lettering teacher, the great Phil Felix. Uh, one of the, when I first saw this cover, one of the questions that I immediately had was, is that border some graphic design from in-house Fantagraphics, you know, uh, design department. Drew Friedman drew these pieces and tried to approximate all the lines that he could. He said that uh, just doing the border took longer than painting a fucking Robert Crumb portrait. That is wild to think of, but I always hear these stories and I appreciate them. Absolutely. Because uh, otherwise, I have no hope. Jimmy, I don't want this stuff to be too easy for any of these guys that make it look amazing and easy. Jimmy, before we get into things, man. Let's play a game, starting top left. If you can't name the character, name the artist and or the character, starting with this big eyeball. Rick Griffin. Yes, sir. Eileen Kaminsky. Yep. Gilbert Shelton. Wonder Warthog and the furry, fabulous furry freak brothers. And now you've lost me. That's Crumb. Oh, really? I think that's from maybe Keep on Trucking even, like the comic. Yeah. It's interesting because they flip the image as they wrap it around the cover. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at that and I'm like, that guy has two noses. What am I looking at here? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a flipper. Yeah, don't look at the top. Yeah, that's another one I, I wasn't sure of. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Rory Hayes. Keep um, going. CP. Cherry Pop-Tart? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm trying to think of the artist for that. Larry Wells. Yeah, Larry Wells. 
Um, oh man, I I know this, and it's uh, Double B. Binky Brown. Binky Brown. Justin right. Green. Yes, yes. All right, man. Now you might educate me on this one. I don't know this one. I think it's Trina. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it looks like her line work. Cheech Wizard. Yes. Um, Sherry Flanagan? No, nah, this one is uh, Wendell by Howard Cruz. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some of those. That looks like more crumb. More crumb, and that is specifically uh, Harvey Kurtzman. Okay, I think. Gotcha. I think. I think it's from uh, his intro to like some Harvey Kurtzman, like Kurtzman comics. Trash Man, by the way, everybody out there, if you don't know Spain Rodriguez's Trash Man, we have a good video on a really nice edition of that, so go yeah. check that one out. We got a Cheech Wizard video. We got a Fabulous Furry Freak Brother video. Keep going. Um, Skip Williamson? This one is... Jay Lynch? It's Jay Lynch, okay. Nard and Pat. Yeah. Uh, more Crumb? The, the Snoid from Sheboygan. And I... I uh... That's your Sherry Flanagan, okay. Trots and Bonnie. Yep, yep, yep. Um... You got me on this one. It's the character Pro Junior, and we'll look on the inside to see who the creator of Pro Junior is, but as I understand it, Pro Junior comes from the fanzines and is like a kind of copyleft character. Uh, this is from what Jay Lynch told me. So basically, you could do Pro Junior comics. Right. Everybody could do Pro Junior comics, and, and Crumb has done a couple uh, Pro Juniors. Uh, so has Lynch. Uh, Fritz the Cat? Yep. Art Spiegelman's, uh, what's the, uh, Ace Hole. Ace Hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shelton, Shelton, uh, Gilbert Shelton again, uh, what's his cat? I think he just calls it Fat Five Freddy's Cat. Like, that's the name of yeah, the it title. Yeah, it had its own, uh, yeah, it had, it's had its own comics, and <laughs> I tried to sneak it into Hulk. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Waldo from, uh, Deech, Kim yeah. Deech. Yep. Mr. Natural. Here we go, Skip Williamson. Yes. Uh, snappy Sammy Snoot. Uh, Zippy the Pinhead. You got me on this one. That's Robert Williams, that little bug character. I always forget what it's called, and it'll come to me like much later, I'm sure. Uh, S. Clay Wilson's Checkered Demon. Goddamn right. And I don't know... That this is... Uh, what's the rat? Um, yeah, Mickey Rat. Mickey Rat. Robert Armstrong. One of the cheap suit serenaders. And, uh, man, it looks like Mark Maron. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I'm not sure. It does. Uh, that, that I, I, if I had a gun to my head, I, that's a piece of Rand Holmes okay. art. Because uh, he has that kind of ersatz, Wally Wood, but not quite. It's a beautiful cover. And I don't know what that is back there. Looks yeah. like looks like Chris Pachalo's Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe printing it. One of these printers that would run out of the uh, upstairs apartment <laughs> with, a, with an offset printer. Hey, Fabers, how did you do? Uh, on 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 the list, and how did we do? Because uh, we might have we might have skipped one or two. We might have fucked up one or two of these things up. You know what? Before you flip it open, I just want to comment on uh, Crumb's life. You know, because whenever you do, I mean, the life of the drawing. Sure. Whenever you do these kinds of portraits, it's real easy to make them flat, to make them kind of stiff, dead. Uh, you know, not right. And there's such a liveliness in Friedman's work. Absolutely. It's one of those great qualities of him as a portrait artist. It's. I saw an interview with him. He was at like a caricature convention and it's funny because like sure he draws a big head and like smaller body but like i never think of his stuff as as caricature in the traditional way because he doesn't he doesn't exploit the physical flaws really like we know that crumb has the kind of hook nose you could have like really made that crazy beak on a guy he doesn't do that to these people he'll put him in a situation 
that is so indicative of like their personality or something that makes it kind of funny. Uh, but he doesn't take, he does not do the cheap pop. When he does Don Rickles, it looks like Don Rickles. Mm -hmm. Might put them liver spots on and shit like that. He's really, uh, at this period, he's really got a stipple technique with the brush. Like he used to do such wash uh, where it was way smoother, but he's he started to incorporate his, his speckled, you know, pointillism a little bit to the color. It works really well with flesh. It feels like pores. It does. It does not, um, it does not look like it would be fun to do. No. Rory Hayes is, is, is the cover guy right here. Uh, I seen a print of this piece or, uh, I'll, I'll wait till we get there actually. It's gotta be like, like that's a, I wonder where the, like the references end and how he builds this stuff because that's an image that I've seen, but it may actually be this image. I've like, it may be the painting, is what I'm saying, I the portrait. Go to the Cartoonist Kayfabe uh, Instagram, and I have the photograph and, okay. and, the, uh, and the Drew Friedman piece. But I do love that he's incorporating, like, line art, like, pen and ink line art is, is part of your background elements. It's, yeah. It's kind of cool the way he mixes certain things up in these portraits. Yeah, this might be just for the purposes of this image right here. We'll, so we'll see the portrait. But uh, the service that, that Drew it, Friedman... Intro by Stan Lee. Yeah, right. <laughs> the service that Friedman has provided to to the, the comics industry with, with with this book and his previous you know masters of comic art or uh heroes of the heroes of, the, of the, comics. the comics uh this is this is a biography of comics like you see the connections this it's underground comics family tree you see how these people are connected and they're just these very precise small biographies that that's that's that say so much look at young drew friedman here and our uh, our adult drew friedman here looking very uh very normal, if I dare say. Talking about finding Zap Comics and other undergrounds at age nine. He's he's at the bookshop with his pops, uh, finds these comics, is trying to figure out how the hell am I going to be able to bring these home, mm -hmm. slips it into his dad's pile of books that his dad's getting anyhow. Dad sees it two seconds. Oh, oh comics. Yeah, of course. You know, Captain Marvel or something. Yeah, and Warp's... Uh... You know, you, you don't be unchanged from seeing this stuff at any age, let alone age nine. Start off with the A's, man. Robert Armstrong, uh, this is this is your Mickey Rat guy. And like I said, one of the cheap suit serenaders. Uh, Friedman writes these biographies that appear next to the portraits. Yes. And I love them. Absolutely. They are so, they're easy to read. They give you like the books these guys work on. Uh, if, you know, if they're still alive or if they've passed, it kind of gives some information on their life. A lot of these guys move on. You know, they work on comics for, for uh, a little, maybe 10 years and then go on to all kinds of other stuff. Yes. Even some of the people in here, names that you don't know and I don't know, uh, even less. Like his, his cutoff was like, I will not do a portrait if a guy doesn't doesn't have uh, a bibliography of 10 issues. Gotta have 10 issues of stuff, man, because there's a lot of one-off dudes. There's, it's also interesting to read, like, this is a history of underground comics, so you get to read, like, the various newspapers and things where these guys would work in somewhat legitimate, uh, you know, publishing not what we think of as underground comic books. Yeah. Even though that it would grow out of this. But a lot of these jobs would be like staff or freelance for these newspapers. But it was like the newspapers were suddenly open to this stuff. So much of this, the imagery, like he had to track down photos. So Buckwheat Florida Jr. is the is the handle that the guy used. 
I didn't know that it's, you know, Lester Conrad Bell. He had to, he had to do work to figure that stuff out. And his Fuck daughter, Florida junior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like that guy's daughter, I think sent Friedman like a single photo. And this was the one that he had to use to, to do the portrait. Very inventive, that portrait with the rearview mirror, but uh, all of these are pretty inventive, you know, like he's putting together backgrounds with, with the subject and stuff. How about the ones too, man? great effect. I love when the comics appear in the portraits. Yeah. There's he, a couple of those and you, I love it. Do you think it's that Dave Sim uh, thing where he's he's projecting? Because it feels like the line quality is even Von Baudet's line quality. I don't know, but if you look, there's even like whiteout, like oh, yeah. visible. It's, it's so... A little bit of cleanup, amazing. man. Uh, one of the repeating titles that is in this uh this book is bijou number eight that's one of the very first show and tell episodes that we did on cartoonist kayfabe and the cool thing about that issue is that all of the cartoonists who participate they trade characters so uh instead of jay jay lynch lynch doing nard and pat as he traditionally does robert crumb does nard and pat and uh some other dudes you know chuck biscuits guys drawn the cheech wizard uh Bill Griffith and Kim Deitch switch switch up uh, characters, so so uh, this this issue is referenced a lot in the channel. And uh, from reading the biographies, it's clear that Drew Friedman has has tremendous respect for these people and is not exploiting them. We know how Von Baudet died. What does he put? 1975. He accidentally died of self strangulation. You know what I mean? Has sensitivity to these people as human beings. Even in the bio, is not going for the cheap pop when he easily could. Boy, that's a funny picture. A lot of these pictures I find really humorous. The other thing that's fun in this collection compared to, like, say, um, Old Jewish Comedians, yes. uh, another book that Drew Friedman, a collection of his portraits, is the youthfulness of this. And it, it made me think, like, reading this book and kind of, like, looking forward to talking about it, how much that youthful energy was was vital to underground comics. Right. You know, because, like, you're, you're forging a new direction in comics in a lot of ways with the underground. You kind of need young people. And uh, this this book, I think, really captures that sense of energy and uh, exuberance. There's a real feeling of like, uh, you know, you think of comics as being, there's some morose, dark right. parts of comics. You don't see a lot in these portraits, you know? This is when people were kind of at their prime in terms of their of their uh, underground output. It's true. And, and you catch that, you know? It really feels like they're going for it. I literally asked, uh, drew if he was going to do the hung a portrait of the hungry chuck biscuits guy and he's like oh dan klein yeah absolutely he's in there <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually funny because if he did t 10 books like i did i didn't know that you know i just mm -hmm. knew that that one single comic it's a wild history it makes me uh, i just passed you know when we were at cxc there was a dealer there with a lot of old undergrounds and it's like i want to go back there with this book handy <laughs> and dig through those books because you don't see a ton of underground comics these days either that's that is the cool thing man like we a lot of uh, underground comics they, they do pass through the the, the studio here you got to send us your robert crumb comics if if you don't want your friends to dish you if you live there in the, in the pacific northwest you know you're not it's contraband in your in your subculture so send it to p.o box 3071 monho pa 15120 we will be the custodians of those books and you can maintain your relationships with your with your friends in portland but a lot of that stuff has come through here when we say things like that and you see these a-listers right you see s clay wilson you see chrome whoever but then it'll be these little buttressed strips by joey jerkoff and sometimes that stuff's real cool looking look at this corbin piece dude yeah i was so amazed by this picture i love it 
See, this is one of those um, qualities that I think is interesting to see in Friedman's work, a heavy black outline, because it's his work goes between that photorealism, cartoon, and then comics language. And yeah. he's able to combine it all in one page. Like, you see it all on, on display in this Corbin portrait. Has the nom de plumes. He would sign Gore in his underground comics. And uh, the subject matter factors into the portrait sometimes. You know, he's a horror guy. You know, creepy, eerie, comes from that. He was always genre when he would participate. Fantagore is a genre, it's a horror comic. So give a kind of a horror-ish uh, background to him. It's a really good tree, by the way. Yeah. Also, it's a, uh, it's, um, these are ink wash. They're not watercolor? No, he showed off, uh, He he's doing the circuit. He was on Noah Van Skyver, and he showed the uh, little bottle of, uh, of uh, ink. It amazes me that he's doing this much uh, point work with like a brush. Yeah. There's Crumb. Crumb probably gets the biggest biography as he, as he probably should. Yeah, I'm surprised the uh, sketchbook's blank. You know, we, right. we, we see some of these drawings uh, in the portraits, and I'm surprised knowing, you know, how well Crumb is known for those sketchbooks that he wouldn't have taken the opportunity to maybe recreate a page, a favorite page. Listen, bring it up to Drew uh, next time you, you <laughs> chat with him or something. Here's Howard Cruz, uh, 2019 death. Like that's a that's the other thing. There's a lot of 2019 and, and and later, and even since the book came out, we lost a couple of people, man. So that's that's the that's the scary part about this. These are such wonderful studies of just people too. Like uh, the the one before this, Charles Dallas, not a name that I that I know. Right. But it's an amazing portrait. Just yeah. as like watching people kind of thing. Totally. Kim Deitch looks great there. I like seeing these guys too whenever they're kind of younger. Yeah, he still looks like that. Though. He does for sure. Maybe a little thinner, a little lighter uh, hair color. His There's brother, a... super intense eyes. Oh, there you go. Leo's dad. It's wild, his connection, right? Oh, I had yeah. no idea he was connected to comics until, I don't know, 10 years ago, and now I see it anytime I look at Undergrounds. It feels like he's uh, connected in one way or another. He's in the Zukowski documentary that uh, Glenn Bray is in that's on Netflix right now, and uh, he's I got hip to it from, uh, from um, Jay Lynch. We were talking about Timothy Leary on maybe off-camera, but, but there's a reference in here to Neurocomics, was a comic that DiCaprio wrote that was based on writings of Timothy Leary. Sherry Flanagan, one of the air pirates. She shows up in the comic book confidential documentary. Uh, Trots and Bonnie is her famous joint. And she was doing uh, Trots and Bonnie for the National Lampoon that like Friedman would have been doing comics for. Larry Fuller. You start then you start to see you know the San Francisco Comic Book Company. Uh, Gary Arlington's setup, and you know he was so much important stuff came through his store, and then he becomes a publisher. Um, rich history in in many aspects, you know, direct market because he's affiliated with like Bob Beerbaum and and Bud Plant. The weirdest stripes on that Larry Fuller piece on his shirt. Yeah, but I like all the stripes in the background. Is like uh, trying to figure out backgrounds for these portraits. I feel like you know it's a stripe motif carrying through. Melinda Gebby, Lost Girls. His proportions of just a slightly enlarged head on these bodies is so bizarre. Yeah, because that's, I mean, they're almost straight up portraits. Like, this one is just like a portrait. Mm -hmm. 
and a lot of these names I'm unfamiliar with, so it's kind of cool to see them, you know, get get a little more background on them. There he is, Larry Gonick, dude. Probably one of the most successful cartoonists yeah. in the history of the universe, man, with his cartoon histories of the world, which would have been even in elementary schools. And uh, you certainly see it. Uh, it penetrated bookstore markets way before everything. Yeah, big print runs on those. Like, I, I those are books that I often see in aftermarket used bookstores and places. Absolutely. Justin Green, 2022. Yeah. You know, so these backgrounds, that's Drew Friedman doing his best kayfabe fucking Justin Green lines. You think that's all on one piece? I do. Yeah. I do. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that uh, Friedman plays around with computers. And I've seen him do this kind of thing. Uh, think about, um, like, that cover of Blab with the dude with the uh, little spinning propeller hat. It, it has, like, pen ink art all over the, uh, the the piece. It adds an incredible texture to these kinds of portraits. Grass Green, man, we see him in a lot of uh, old black and white kind of ground level superhero comics. Yeah, what was his, uh, the one character that he would always do? Um, Wild Man yeah. is the one that I see in those like pseudo superhero kind of comics. There's one that begins with an X, like Xanthor or something. Yeah, Some I think it's part like of it. those, too. I forget the publisher of that stuff, but I have a few of those random issues. See, like, with this Rick Riffrin portrait, like, he looks great here. And, you know, Rick Riffrin was in a very terrible car, uh, motorcycle, motorcycle accident. Yeah. And Friedman could have gone grisly, because his whole face looked way different after that accident. But he has sensitivity to, to these people. That's a neat piece. That background setting, everything, like having the ocean behind him, I feel like that's perfect. Yeah, he's like he's like uh, the Easy Rider of uh, of comics, young Bill Griffith. That's pretty cool. Love the background elements in this one, too. Yeah, he was saying that uh, over the course of, like, the 20th century, like, people have been sending him these colas from different eras, and it would be, like, Zip Cola or Zippy Cola from all over the world, and it's just has nothing to do with Zippy the Pinhead, but just like, right. you know, whatever focus groups are trying to figure out titles for for soft drinks, Zip comes up a lot. It's amazing to see when he was born and think of how prolific he's been over the last decade or two. Unbelievable. Like, doing more work now than, than he than he had, you know, his through the 80s, 90s. His body of works, and he's another one of those cartoonists that give me hope in that, like, it's been at a high level for decades. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's, it's proof that you can uh, do comics pretty much your whole life yeah, and, and uh, not compromise. And for those who don't know, like, he's maintains the Zippy the Pinhead daily comic strip, you know, seven days a week, including a Sunday, and he's been doing about a graphic novel every year and a half or so um, for the past 10 years. Gary Halligren, that's a name that would pop up. Rory Hayes. I love this one because as a fan of Rory Hayes, you know, it's kind of a sad story. Mm -hmm. He looks he looks very happy there. Yeah, totally. And he's <laughs> maybe drugged out of his mind, but it's it's nice to see him in a in a pleasant light. I like to imagine he had some some good times. Also, another uh, he just say employee of of the Gary Arlington comic shop. And then Gary Arlington's like, oh, snap, you got some skills, boy. Yeah, you want to make a comic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get 10%? You know, uh, I, I can't not mention, like, his page at the CXC, at the Billy Ireland. Like, 
seeing an original Rory Hayes, big, big page, and that hyper detail that he put into it blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. What what drug is it that they had access to back then? Because like that's that's always the question, right? Right. Uh, certainly ain't when a like uh what's his name david cross used to uh said that like when he was going wild he he would ingest things he wouldn't know what it was he would go like this or he would go like this to have some idea of how it was going to affect him and uh that level of detail it's none of this i don't think no cocaine is gonna is gonna do that Rand Holmes. There are a lot of these guys whose work I know, but have no idea what they look like. So seeing these portraits is really interesting too. And that's, that's one of those production things that, that Friedman has to do where you're not producing pages. You just have to curate and get hold of stuff. You know, like that's that work that nobody acknowledges when putting a, putting a book together. Yeah. I've read, I I think it's about a week per one of these portraits. And uh, I'm kind of curious what all that entails, because like you say, there's probably a ton of research for some of these people trying to find images. And I, I've seen that mentioned, too, where like in some cases, there's almost no reference. So you're really digging if it's somebody that you want to represent and can't find visuals. Jay Kinney, he did work in the, uh, the, the Beats book I did with Harf. Dennis Kitchen as a young man. <laughs> <laughs> Sans glasses. I feel like this Aileen portrait he did it was, it was has been around for a while. I certainly know the photograph well, mm-hmm. so I might be mistaking that for that. Now this is this is a revelation to me, George Kukar, uh, as cartoonist, because I know him as filmmaker only because of the inspiration he gave John Waters. Like this would be a name that would be mentioned a lot by John Waters as being somebody who was an important uh, filmmaker during like avant-garde New York filmmaking and shit. And he would be, he's interviewed in Divine Trash, the the John Waters uh, documentary. Had no idea that he ever did any kind of comics. But I do know that he would like um, cut into the film to create special effects. So there's like certainly artistry in that. Harvey Kurtzman, it's Drew Friedman's teacher from SVA. Always got to love seeing a Harvey Kurtzman. It's another one of these, you know, it's a chance to see these guys who have had profound impacts and to see them when they're looking good and and kind of in prime form. Yeah. It's very heartwarming. Bobby London, one of the, uh, one of the air pirates. And he takes over the, uh, the Popeye comic strip for, for a time, I believe. Is that right? He does. I don't see it in here, but uh, there are Bobby London daily daily Popeyes from the 80s he 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 was working we we covered it in maybe it was like a comics journal or a a, a, a bet it was a wizard uh where he was he tried to do like a, a a pseudo like abortion story in in Popeye and like lost papers you know he was yeah I can see that <laughs> you know it was it was veiled and stuff but people were they were hip enough like yeah. listen man you're doing a fucking abortion story Great Jay Lynch, one of the guys that gave me my start in comics. Yeah, you get a mention in the biography. Oh, really? Yeah, last last sentence. An anthology of Jay Lynch's work, Ink and Anguish, Phanographics Books by Patrick Rosencrantz, who does a lot of underground writing. Yes. And Ed Piscor was published in 2018. That's awesome, man. I did those pages in about 2002, like r- literally before before getting anything in print. Yeah, I feel like the, you had those when I met you. Yeah. 
Lee Mars, we just saw saw her this uh, past weekend. Table next to her at uh, CXC for sure, man. She she uh would, I I reckon I know her work from uh, Heavy Metal, and she did these uh, wordless comics. Uh, I I gotta find the story for you because it's like futuristic hoverboard girl comic, and she would hatch with markers, which I thought was very interesting, very busy, but super interesting to see. Look at the screen tone in the background. Yeah. What are we looking at there? Do you think that Friedman had that blown up so it would fit whatever size these things are? I don't know what size they are. It's possible that's a close to 100%. Uh-huh. But if not, like you could make your own screen tone to fit any size. There there is like screen tone at that size. Like I like I you could never really use it for gray. Like it would just be like a design like mm-hmm. an ornamental thing. Kind of precisely what he's using it for here. It's very inventive that some of the backgrounds that he brings in like that. Yeah, and I don't see the cut, you know, like I don't right. see where he clips it. <laughs> it's just so funny cuz like this Paul Mavridis, I think that's how you say his name. Uh I've only ever seen him with like he's the guy at the very very beginning of Comic Book Confidential. Yes. So he's got this like real wild kind of high top fade kind of hair stuff he's got the flavor saver soul patch like i would never have guessed that there was a version of paul mavridis that was out there that was like this and he's like one of the creators of that church of the sub genius i think he's the dude that that put together that bob dob clip art face that they all worship but he uh, worked with uh, gilbert shelton for years on uh, some of the best of uh, freak brothers comics Michael McMillan is is like sort of a underrated uh, cartoonist that a lot of dudes hold in super high high esteem. Really nice, uh, you know. I talk about like I love these portraits that have some of the comics art in them. That might be the nicest feature of comic art that's included. It's a, it makes for an amazing portrait. It's such a change from like again not exactly photorealism, but that modeled look, and yeah. then to go down to those pages. It's, it works so good in a, in a single image like that. George Metzger, one of the earliest uh, graphic novelists. We did looked at some of his works in, uh, with, Warren. with Warren Bernard. Jim Mitchell, a name I don't know. No, but uh, spent some time in a Mexican jail for smuggling drugs from South America through Mexico. <laughs> that sounds like the hardest of time. Victor Moscoso. Love the background once again, you know, like that's a uh, pretty pretty sharp piece. And I like how it's like he, Freeman has no problem having drawn elements, mm-hmm. you know, like the way these shapes just are complete drawings is, is a background. Super cool. And it really, you know, it speaks to Moscoso. Before Zap, he was doing the psychedelic posters. Mm-hmm. And it's an ink wash version of that. You could imagine if this was in color, it would be, you know, orange and purple. Uh, would be the co- co- colors back there. He's also the guy responsible when you see Comic Book Confidential and you see Crumb whenever they show that Super 8 footage of of them doing a jam session with Carvey Kurtzman in the in the house and stuff. It's his video. He owns it. I want to see it all. <laughs> Victor, can we can we see it? He's super protective. He's the guy, when you look at the complete zap, there's the oral history po- uh, book that comes with the complete zap. He's the guy who tells the zap dudes, I was fucked with the with the psychedelic posters. Uh, I have no idea how many of them are out there. The account, can you imagine these hippies with their accounting? Yeah, sure. Uh, let's, as the collective, so we put together kind of like how you and I created Cartoonist Kayfabe. Let's create the business. We own the masters, all of us. The masters are ours. So when we give it 
to uh, fucking Don Donahue, he's got to give them back so that he can't just be making fucking extra copies without us knowing them. Like, the, the reason... Hey, Victor, thank you yeah. for that. I mean, that's a big creator. You know, like, like, these are the things that we take for granted now. Yeah. That we get to control that stuff. Um, People the the guys who, who pioneered it, huge. People now have no idea, you know, like, the importance of that sort of thing. Willie Murphy is a name I know, but I don't know his comics. Diane Newman is a, is a person that we love we lost yeah just just uh, i guess after this book went to press yeah i mean very like just two weeks ago or three weeks ago as of this recording rest in peace diane great cartoonist dan o'neill odd bodkins the spearhead of air pirates and uh gets interviewed in comic book confidential with two strippers i believe uh i can't believe <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, right. can't believe it's your daughter uh, that you're playing pool with in in, <laughs> in a unitard real kayfabe guy you know putting that persona out there this is this is so cool, man. John Peck from Mad Peck Studios with comics by Les Daniels in the background. Uh, he did the the design, the graphic design of that. Did the extra supplemental art that went along with this, and he uh, had some collection that came out from like Doubleday or or uh, yeah, I think Doubleday. Uh, whenever like the Harvey P. Carr books came out, and I have no idea what that would even be. You know, like I don't know the material and he seems like such an odd fit like you skip spain rodriguez you skip crumb gilbert shelton to go to john peck he, he must have had some salesmanship yeah what's with the uh the camel the showing off the camel cigarettes he wasn't involved in advertising or anything right you know maybe that's a question we got to ask uh ask the man himself harvey Picar. Another dude, like Harvey Picar and Jay Lynch gave me my start at the same exact time. Like one day I got a call from Jay Lynch and two days later I got a call from Harvey Picar after sending out my blasts. It's a good week. Yeah, absolutely. I was, Jeez. It was around, it was around this time of year uh, also. So like October is important for me in that because I was working at haunted houses uh, just while I was making my comics. And you know, one day I come home and see a note Jay Lynch called. And then the next day there's a note you know, Harvey Picard called, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be super in intense in that portrait, by the way. Like, yeah, it feels I know like this you're, photo you're ca capturing that, uh, that, that eye, that gaze. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that photo well. P. Poplaski, man, uh, an innovator in uh, comic book color, um, doing some of the first kind of like laser scanned comic art. He would have done worked a lot with Kitchen Sink, Dennis Kitchen, and uh, it was some of the first color art I saw in comics that maybe you see a little bit of a brush uh, stroke or something but it certainly was like this is not separated by that Connecticut house of matronly old ladies you know it's not Ben Day dots John Pound one of the early uh, Garbage Pell Kid painters and uh, did a lot of uh, underground works Pound comics I think would 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 have been one Ralph Reese, one of the uh, assistants to Wally Wood for a good chunk of time there. I don't know much of his singular work, but it would show up in like the Disney, um, the DC like horror books and in places like that. Yeah, I think um, Eclipse may have published some collections of his work, mm -hmm. like Reese's Pieces, yeah. one or two issues, collecting probably some of that DC work, I would guess, because it's like genre comics. Right. 
I don't know Larry Rippey, but I know the, the photo. Like, I don't know what he's done, but I know that photo well. Trina Robbins. In full hippie. How about that Spain Rodriguez, man? That's a badass, dude. This is a, uh, I think the original has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And there was some controversy over whether he was a smoker or not. Ah. And it looks like uh, the verdict maybe is that he wasn't. I see. Yeah, yeah. there's a couple of pieces that Friedman pointed out in the uh, Noah Van Skyver talk. Like the bio information with S. Clay Wilson says something about him being uh, something in the military. And he's not. Somehow that information came his way. And uh, Trina Robbins is is uh older than her birth her date of birth in this book man he, that's he, celebrity there man he sh he shaved a couple years <laughs> off of her joe shankman's a name i know but but don't know his comics cool picture though yeah great gilbert shelton he's a guy that goes through different evolutions and shit like you could have drawn many different eras of a of a Shelton portrait and a ripoff press, you know, very famously, those guys got hold of a offset print machine and just ran it in their house in Texas yes. for a little while. That's uh, <laughs> that's the craziest stuff running a printer out of your apartment. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was on eBay like looking for old uh, offset printers, like at that time when I discovered that. There was that time where it was like schools would teach printing as a vocation, and once that went, that like all goes away, and then it's like. Please haul away our cast iron super heavy press. You can oh, yeah. have it if you'll just haul it away. Right. Because those things weighed tons. Art Spiegelman, another uh, teacher of uh, Drew Friedman's at the School of Visual Arts, pretty much gave gave Drew his start in, in cartooning and professionally publishing uh, with Raw. And there yeah. were some student publications and things. Yeah, what a legacy, man. Totally. And, and he's one of these guys that, like, it's like... You know, he moonlights, you know, by day, Gummo Bubbleman, working at Tops, doing just the most poppy, kid-friendly, you know, stuff for little kids. But then by night, puts on the fucking ascot, kicks that cigarette in the jib, and is doing, you know, bougie comics. Yeah, and by doing, like, printing and everything. Like, yeah. Like, there's another printer in a, in a, in a flat yes. story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What a history that has. That shit Jeez. is so cool, too, on uh, on Comic Book Confidential. It's only, like, now that I know what the fuck he's talking about with Francois, where they're, like, going through color steps, like, on, on the thing. And he's like, oh, like, that means you have to cut it all out. Oh, that's too hard. I can't do it. She's like, I could do it. And he's like, okay, cool. You know, talking about cutting around, like, uh, some lettering and things. Frank Stack, a.k.a. Fulbert Sturgeon, man, creator of Jesus Comics, uh, did our cancer year with uh, Harvey Picar. Saw some of those Adventures of Jesus Comics and uh, wouldn't mind reading some of that stuff. Feel sure. Like that could be real fun. That was one of those things, man, at, at, at Phantom of the Attic, like when they got Bem's, the Bem collection, you could see those Jesus Comics for like $3. I don't want to kayfabe affect myself, uh -huh. but this Barney Steele is someone who I, I don't know, but drew three issues of the controversial even amongst fellow underground cartoonists, early 70s erotic fantasy comic series Armageddon. So now that's on my uh, wish list. You know, like, what are you doing that's controversial even to underground fellow cartoonists? Did you... Maybe I don't want them did, on did my you, list. Did you Google it by mm -hmm. any chance? Because we might know it. We might know it. I, I, th I think I know those comics, man. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember ever seeing them, but it does make me very curious. 
It's quite a uh, biography description. Yeah, it's good that way. <laughs> Look at the great William Stout, man. We need to shoot an interview with that motherfucker sooner than later with the with this with the pedigree that he has and the and the and the experiences he's touched. Fucking went to Antarctica and painted penguins for six months or something. We got it. We directed movies, worked with Mobius. Yeah. And, and exudes cool in that portrait. Oh, yeah, as he does, man. He's got that West Coast energy, dude. And he's the only dude nowadays, man, that can rock an ascot and not look like a punk. <laughs> Trying to think if he was, had an ascot whenever we saw him. He and, absolutely uh... <laughs> did. He had his little neck, neckerchief. Larry Todd. That's another one of those names that would come up a whole lot. Skull Comics. Oh, he's Dr. Atomic. I get it. Roaring Rick Veach, baby. Two-Fisted Zombies. We got a video on that motherfucker, dude. Such a legendary comic. I remember picking it up at St. Mark's Comics with you when I went to my first MoCA. Uh, a comic I've been looking for my whole life up to that point. Because I uh, remember reading a Steve Bissett interview where when he got to go, you know, he's first-gen uh, Qbert school, so is Rick Veach. But when he, like, got to Dover, New Jersey, and is like, Rick Veach? You're Rick Veach? I can't imagine. Like, like that would be every dream you had. That, okay, you're gonna go to a comic store, you're or a comic school. You're obviously into comics, comic fan. You show up and then Rick Veach, the guy who made the super cool comics, sitting next to you. There were, uh, I believe, maybe three people at CXE this past weekend that came up to me. Uh, they got Two Fists of Zombies from the Monkeys Retreat, yes. dude. And it's like I learned about this from Kayfabe. Pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't want to out myself as leaving those copies in Monkey Retreat's box, so I'm glad somebody good found them. <laughs> you still don't have it? No, I do have it. Okay, I was but, about to but say. But sometimes I'll see comics and be like, I can't leave this here. Yeah. Like, I, I, I know somebody that would want this. Yeah, his brother Tom just passed. Yeah. Saw Legion of Charlies at uh, Monkey's Retreat. Man. Uh, one of Tom's uh, notable works. Yeah, with Greg Irons. Mike Vosberg. Uh, this is an interesting one because he shows up in Overground comics. I think right. I might have a fucking G.I. Joe comic that he draws. Like yeah, 70s I think he's journeyman done some guy. Stuff. Uh, but you do see his name in, in uh, some some uh, of the Kitchen Sink brand of uh, Underground comics. Uh, we have a bunch of like the Bill Shelley reprints from fandom. And he would show up in old comics fandom. And uh, the place where like, you would see him. You know, on his biggest stage was uh, he would do the comic covers for Tales from the Crypt. Like whenever on the HBO show, whenever the Crypt Keeper's like showing you like today's episode, like that's shit that he drew. That's a funny portrait. It's a funny name. That's a, there's a lot of names there. See, it's like we're burying the lead when we get to the dubs because you just want to see what S. Clay Wilson looks like. Larry Wells, he's a guy I met uh, at uh, at the Phoenix Comic Con. You know, when you when you travel cross country, uh, there's regional cartoonists that, do, that don't really like leave their spot, or you know, you just don't see them on the east. And you know, he's Cherry Pop Tart Cat. And I did, I asked him, I asked him, man, what you think about what Crumb was saying in the, in the movie? Because like at the end, when Crumb is moving to uh, France and he's packing everything up and he's on the phone. And uh, it's some animation guy trying to make a Mr. Natural movie, trying to pitch him on it. And he's like, he's like, listen, it's an abomination. The Cherry Pop-Tart thing sucks. Larry Wells is an idiot. I'm not interested. He, say, he says all those things, man. 
And, you know, we talked about that a little bit. No hard feelings. Gary Whitney's a name that I remember seeing. Oh, Phoebe, oh, he worked with Jay Lynch. Phoebe and the Pigeon People. The place where we would have seen, seen his name is in Blab uh, in the early Kitchen Sink issues when they would do a lot of uh, um, the Phoebe and the Pigeon People collections. Because, like, I think Monty Bocamp is a Chicago cat. Yeah, that's right. Jay Lynch, Chicago cat. And some of that stuff probably appeared in Chicago uh, papers. The dapper Robert Williams, man. The Jimmy Stewart of <laughs> of, uh, of comic books. He's uh, another one of these guys that just kind of looks out of place in this collection. <laughs> Handsome Doesn't dude. look like a maverick or a lunatic there. <laughs> right. Well, it's when you get him talking. Sure. It's when you get him it's talking. when you see his artwork. And, uh, man, there is a great... There is a great documentary. I think Rhino Records put it out. You could find it on YouTube. Hour, hour and a half long. Follows him around. Building fucking hot rods. Uh, riding Schwinn Stingrays. Falling on Schwinn Stingrays. As, you know, kind of a senior kind of guy. Uh, bad motherfucker. Super cool cat. Skip Williamson. Had no idea his name was Mervin. Became art director for Playboy for a hot minute. There it is. S. Clay Wilson. Creator of the Checkered Demon. Get a checkered background. Absolutely. Makes sense. And cool striped pants. And then you get these pieces, which I think is super cool. It's really the good players. from a historical standpoint. It's fun to see like who was doing what. Yeah, and it becomes like this begets that. It's almost like Crumb's Book of Genesis. Because like this guy... This guy like produces the first batch of zaps. Don Donahue trades this dude a fucking tape recorder for his printing press to publish all the rest of, or you know, another chunk of zaps for quite a while. Don Donahue's the dude in the Crumb documentary when uh, Crumb's at the comic shop and are going through stuff. Puke and explode. This is the dude that's like, this is the guy that's like, uh, you're responsible. You kind of started all this, and Crumb's like, I don't want to take responsibility for that <laughs> shit. But yeah, that's Don Donahue. Little tale about uh, how Rip Off Press started. Love it. You know, an artist-run uh, pub publisher. Gary Arlington talking about the comic shop and that's a big being one. responsible for the like the Rory Hayes comics and things. Yeah, two hundred square foot space. Man, if you could have put a camera in that space. <laughs> the great Ron Turner, Turner from Last Gasp. And uh, there's your dentist kitchen with the mustache. Yes, and the glasses and the specs. Uh, it wouldn't be right to have a collection like this that doesn't have a Pratchett Rosencrantz uh, very fingerprint on it somewhere. Yeah, it's nice. This is a very concise little uh, overview. Yeah. Yeah. It really wets the whistle, man. You see something like this, a good starting point. You, like, you, you now have names. Now you have faces to go along with some of the crazy comics that you might find. Yeah, and uh, Rosencrantz did Rebel Visions, which I think I got when we first started hanging out. It was like early 2000s when that thing came out. So. Yeah. Our early days. Yeah, fantastic, man. So happy to go through this thing. I've been waiting for this book to come out for a long time. Uh, it's a shock that we actually haven't looked at the heroes of the comics. It is. Uh, so, so I think that that might be one that we look at sooner, sooner than later, man. But so thrilled that this came out. Uh, I'm a big devotee of uh, Drew Friedman's artwork. Uh, I won't be too insulted that he didn't get me for a, for a quote uh, on the back, man, but listen, we're putting some real eyeballs onto, onto the work, man, so fantastic to look at. Couldn't wait to get my hands on I it. I think it's a very valuable piece of comics history. Absolutely. 
absolutely, man. Like, you never thought you were going to get to see some of these guys. Same as the heroes of the comics, uh, of comic art. But we'll get into that on a, at a later date. Okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, tell the people what's out there, man. Hulk Grand Design, Monster Madness in comic shops now. And uh, coming in January, the Hulk Grand Design Treasury Collection. Pre-order that one now so Marvel knows there's a demand for Grand Design. And I don't want to be the one that killed Grand Design. So let's get those numbers up there. Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Live is back in print after almost a year. Eight full-color, completely self-contained stories. Pick that one up in time for Christmas. It'll be a perfect gift for everybody. And join me on Patreon.com slash Jim Rugg where you can see a lot more of my comics and art. Red Room trigger warnings. Red Room, the anti-social network, are out on the stands as we speak. Murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game. Each issue completely self-contained, which makes each book reasonably self-contained. Also, there's about 70 pages of extra material in each of uh, these books that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else. Uh, looks good on the book bookshelf, and I'm serializing new Red Room comics before they hit paper on my Patreon. Patreon.com slash Ed Piscor, three bucks for the archive there, has all of the material from both of these books, plus new stuff before it hits hits uh, the comic shops, more than 300 pages worth of stuff for $3. We're getting to less than a penny a page uh, at this point, man. Hit up my link tree, you can get to all that material. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, fanny packs, hats, mugs, all kinds of good stuff at our spread shop, also at the links below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders, Jimmy. We'll be on our way. Make more comics.